0: Hey there! Before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. And what I want to do is I want to to jump into maybe like a part two of what Pastor George shared. And if I could bring you up to date with David's story, the Bible says that um, God had rejected the current king at the time, which was King Saul. He was, at that point, King Saul was ruling on his own accord. He wasn't following the lead of the Holy Spirit or God's commands. And the Bible says that God kind of rejected him as king. Um, And he wanted to appoint a new king. Someone is saying he wanted to appoint a new king. He wanted to appoint a new king. And the Bible says that he sent this prophet named Samuel. And he sent Samuel to Jesse's house. Now Jesse had a bunch of sons and, and he goes to select a, a, a perfect king for Israel and, and Samuel goes to Jesse's house and there's a line of Jesse's children getting ready to be selected or have the possibility to be selected as king. And I love this because every single one of them were, were swiped left, you know what I mean? Like they got in line, and then, you know, Samuel, and God is like, no, swipe left. No, swipe, no, you're not the one. No, no, you're not the one. And I love what God tells Samuel. I think the text could preach by itself, to be honest. It says, when they had come, those are the children of, of Jesse, it says, Samuel looked at Eliab and thought, for sure... He is the Lord's chosen, the one who is standing before him. I love that, right? He looks at Eliab and he's like, oh, my God, he's tall, dark, and handsome. He's good looking. he got to be the king. And God says, do not look at the way he looks on the outside or how tall he is, because I have not chosen him. For the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. A man looks at the outside of a person. But the Lord looks at the heart, and as I said, I mean, one after the other, God is saying, "No, he's he's not the one. He's not the one. He's not the one." And watch this: David wasn't even in the midst of consideration to be a candidate for king. In other words, that there was an opportunity for Samuel to prophesy to any one of. Jesse's son, sons, but he wasn't even selected. He was counted out from the very beginning. I think that that's a word for somebody today that you may have been counted out by others, but the one that counts the most has counted you in. And they call, I mean, Samuel is like, why is it that you've sent me to a house and none of the children are the ones that you've selected as king? Samuel's like, hey, do you got any other children? And Jesse's like, yeah, there's one more. He's out in the yard. And they finally bring him in the yard. And look what happens. God says this is is the one that's called to be kin. This one right here. And in verse 13, it says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and poured out oil on him. In front. I love that. In front of his brothers. You know what they're trying to say right there. Mm -hmm. In front of of his brothers. Now watch this. Look what happened in front of the his brothers. The spirit of the Lord came upon David with strength from that day on. See the spirit of the Lord came upon David. David accepted his calling to be king. He wasn't perfect, but he was willing. And and this is what I want to talk about today because I think that sometimes We think that the end of the journey is the acceptance of our calling. And for the last five weeks, we've been talking to our church about, listen, God can use you. You don't need to be perfect, but you just need to be willing. But that's the key right there, because even after you accept God's calling over your life, he's going to call you to be willing to do certain things. He's going to call you to be willing to continue, even when it seems like it doesn't make sense. He's going to call you to continue and move forward even if you fail. See, because sometimes we don't think that God is going to call us or we don't accept God's calling over our life because we feel that after we've accepted God's calling, what happens if we fail? God is saying, look, look, watch this. God is saying this. The spirit of the Lord came upon David with strength from that day on. If you, know the, if you know the trajectory of David's life, you know it went like this. But even in his ups, the spirit of the Lord was upon him. Even in his downs, the spirit of the Lord was upon him. So you may fail after you've accepted God's calling over your life. But listen, it doesn't matter. If you've placed faith in Jesus Christ, the spirit of the Lord is upon you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these moments that we have together. Lord, I pray. That you speak, O God, as you have said to your children today. I pray that our hearts may not just receive this information as head knowledge, but that our hearts may receive this as the agent that will bring transformation to our heart. For your word says in John chapter 6, Lord, that your word is spirit and life. So as you speak through me as a vessel, Lord God, I pray that they may receive your spirit and life through your word in Jesus name we pray and everyone says amen and amen give God a shout of praise in this house um how many of you know that there are things in life that you have to do what I mean is is that there are things in life you don't want to do but you have to do them there's not a good time to look at your husband or your wife or your kids no, no, I'm serious. Like, there are things in life that you have to do. Like, let's be honest. Ain't nobody want to work out. And I know what some of you are like, yes, I do. I love working out. I, I want to get my... Egg. No, you don't want to work out. I'm telling you right now, because if you can get a six-pack of abs, watching Netflix on the couch, eating some Ben & Jerry's cookies and cream ice cream, all gyms would be out of business. I'm just saying. That's the truth. Like, you don't want Anthony's buff, but listen, if he can watch Netflix... Jim, no, we don't want, like, you don't want, you have to work out if you want a six-pack of abs. Like, anybody want to floss their teeth? Like, I read an article the other day that said, he said, I read an article on the benefits of, of flossing your teeth. And, and maybe there are some people that are like, yeah, I love it. No, no, you don't like flossing your teeth. You like the benefits of flossing your teeth, but you don't like flossing your teeth. You don't want to. You have to. And so I read an article, and it said that if you floss your teeth every single day, you add three years to your life. I'm like, why can't you get three years to your life eating French fries from Wendy's? Like, Because if that was the case, I'll, I'll live full eternity. You know what I'm saying? Like, like binging on french fries right like ain't nobody want to go to work let's be honest Ain't most of us we don't want to go you have to go to work lisa never woke up a day in her life and she's like oh my god i'm so excited i'm going to w-o-r-k like never has that happened she's never woke up and wanted she had to go to work right some of us just have to there's some things that we don't want to do but that we have to doesn't make us a bad person It's just that, these are just obligation. These are things that we have to do. And as I was preparing this message, I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me. He said, Ro, I want you to tell my children that I am God and that what I do is not because I have to. It's because I want to. He wanted to let you know today. I don't know who this is for in this place, but this is what God placed in my heart today. He wanted to remind someone today. That God doesn't do what he does because he's obligated, because he's coerced, because he is under compulsion, or because he has sympathy. That what God chooses to do is never because he has to do it, it's because he wants to do it. So when God uses you, it's not because he has to use you. No, it's because he wants to use you. When God chooses to bless you, it's not because he has to bless you. It's because he wants to bless you. When God forgave you two things, thousand years ago on the cross, it's not because he had to do it, it's because he wanted to do it. When God stood by your side while you were in the middle of a valley, it's not because he had to do it, it's because he wanted to do it. God wants to use you. God wants to bless you. God wants to love you and God wanted to use this man named David, he didn't have to use him, you know that. You know, you know that other people didn't think that he was qualified. Other people didn't say, well, David is the only one that's going to be able to rescue us. David is going to be the selected one. David should be the one. No, no. God didn't have to use David, but God chose to use David. And I love David's attitude about his calling. Like, I love the introduction on David's life when it comes to him being appointed as king because... A little different from the other people that were called in the Bible, it seems like David was eager and excited and accepted his calling. He fully embraced his calling. When you look at the scene, like, let's be honest, like, this is an epic scene. Like, everyone thought that David was insignificant, but but David fully embraced that he was anointed and appointed by God. And where you are in this place, listen to me, there's going to come a time. There's going to come a time where you're going to fully embrace who God called you to be. Many of us have accepted what God has saved us from, but there comes a time where you're going to accept what God has saved you for. <laughs> like, I, I, I love it because when when, when uh, uh, May got saved, she accepted what God saved her From And what God pulled her out of. But there came a time that she got the revelation that salvation was not just for her enjoyment and for her benefit. But she caught the revelation that God didn't just save me from something. He has saved me for something. And she fully embraced and she fully accepted what God had called her for. And I look at the life of David and he's accepted who God has called him to be. Like he had no qualms about it. And I love the scene because if you look at the scene, I mean, this is an epic scene, church. You look at David and, let's, let's be honest, Jesse gets a phone call. Hello? Yeah, listen, I think I'm going to select one of, somebody, one of your sons to be king. I'm bringing all my kids. Like, y'all, listen, if one of, us get, one of us get out the hood, we all getting out of the hood. You know what I mean? Like, I'm bringing all my kids. He only brings some of his kids. So, right from the jump, the one that was selected as king was counted out. He's like, nah, he's he, he the little one here. He can't, even, he can't even boss me around. You think he's gonna boss Israel? Ain't got ain't gonna happen. And he doesn't even bring him, he leaves him tending sheep. And then, and I love this because when David steps into the scene, he's like, yeah, that's the one. He's like, what? I'm the one. Y'all didn't even call me. There was a chance to win a million dollars and y'all didn't even call me. And I love that because for me, it's like, you know, I'd have a chip on my shoulders, you know, because it says he got anointed in front of his brothers. I love that. That's right. Like, I know it might not be the most godly thing to do, but I got a chip. That's right. Y'all didn't see, y'all didn't see me for what? That's like if you get broken up with by your boyfriend or by your girlfriend. You know what? It's over. You loser. You're always going to be a loser. That's why I ain't give you no kids because you're going to be... And then Samuel walks in. You are going to be the king of Israel. You're going to be king. And Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are going to be your assistants. And I'm going to give you the land. And I'm going to be like, that's right. You know that's right. You know that's right. Oh, and she's going to be like, oh, I'm sorry. I think I didn't see what the Holy Spirit was saying. I'm like, nah, I'm destined to be king. Like, I love that. I love that part because you, you can like visualize it. Like in this moment when he's counted out, he is now ordained in front of his brothers. But take, it takes another step further. If you follow the narrative of the chapters, you will see the very next thing. He's called to be part of the worship team in the palace. So he goes from being selected to be the next in line to be the king of Israel to jumping into a position in the palace. Watch this to be part of the worship team as he like riffs on his harp. And this is now like all of a sudden he went from being a shepherd boy to being the man. You know what I'm saying? Like he was the man. And this is what happens in our calling. That God would show us something incredible, something amazing, something that even appears glamorous, something that even seems like desirable. But then he will call you to do something that seems insignificant. Because after he's appointed as king and after he's positioned in the palace, God still wants to know if he can trust him with the little. See, many of us have a calling in our lives. And oftentimes we're waiting for the calling to manifest while God is waiting for you to be faithful in the little. See, because the very next, oh, I love that. I love that. Like you read the passage, it's like he's destined to be king. The next one is like he's in the palace. And the next one is like, hey, David, can you bring lunch to your brothers? Excuse me. Do you know who I am? I am the worship leader at the palace. Do you know who I am? I am the one that is destined to be king. See, but here's the thing, the reason that God, David never said that, you know why? Because the reason that God was able to trust him with a position of honor is because he was a person of humility. See, and God wants to know today that if he can trust you with a position of honor, and the only way he will know if he can trust you with a position of honor is if you walk as a person of humility. Look what the text says, I love this. It says, then Jesse said to his son David, Take for your brothers as a basket for his this baked grain and these ten loaves. Hurry and carry them to your brothers among the army. And I love this part. And take these ten pieces of cheese. I'm just letting you know, Banco queso is biblical. <laughs> it says, take these ten pieces of cheese to the leader of the thousand man group who is with them. And see how many brothers are how your brothers are doing. Oh, the ones that rejected me? or oh, the brothers that, that didn't even count me in? God might call you to serve people, my God, who don't even see God's calling over your life. I, I want you to write this down. This is the first question God wants to ask you today, and the question is this. Are you willing to, do, are you willing to be obedient and faithful in the small things, even if it doesn't feel significant? Are you willing to be obedient and faithful in the small things, even if it doesn't feel significant? Are you willing to do the minuscule? Are you willing to be obedient to the things that seem like, what's the point of even doing this? There's no point of me bringing this little bag to my brothers. I'm the king of Israel. I'm the one that's going to be next in line. They should start getting used to serving me. They should, should, you should should send them to send me lunch while I play in the worship team. Are you willing to do what seems insignificant? Because the truth is that we always want what's glamorous, but what we don't realize is that purpose oftentimes comes in the packaging of your obedience to the small things. I'm going to say that again. Your purpose is oftentimes comes in the packaging of your obedience to the small things. Like, like, I want you to think about it this way. David was actually in the field of the sheep, or he was tending sheep, or he was in the palace. You know where he wasn't? He was never in the battlefield because he didn't belong in the battlefield. But his obedience to his father to do the small thing properly positioned him. He was never meant to be in the battlefield. But his obedience to bring a care package to his brothers positioned him to be in an environment that would give him the opportunity to be propelled to his calling. And so oftentimes we miss out. We're like, God, I want the grandeur, God, I want the spectacular God, I want, I can't wait for breakthrough. And God is saying, your breakthrough is found when you unravel the packaging of you being obedient to the small thing that I've called you to do. See, oftentimes we miss out on this on the big things because we may not be seeing the significance in the small things. But David said, Listen, I'm willing to do the small things, not because because there's an incentive of what God's going to bring me, but what God is doing on the inside of me. I, 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 lo- I love this part here. Um, in, in Luke chapter 16, it says, if you are faithful in the little things, uh-huh. Woo! if you are faithful in the little things, someone say that. Faithful in the little things. Say it again. Say, faithful In the little things. If you're watching online, type it right there. Faithful in the little things. He says you will be faithful in the large ones. See, David wasn't supposed to be there. But his obedience to the small thing positioned him to be in the battlefield and catapult him to his calling. See, sometimes God just wants to see if he can trust you in a place of honor. But he wants to see if you're a person of humility. And you might not see the special, the spectacular, the glamorous things in taking a doggy bag to your brothers. But God says, in there, it unlocks what I'm trying to bring in your life. Are you faithful in the little? You might be in a place where your life, where you feel like, why am I here? I could, I could be doing something else. Someone else should be doing this. Someone else should be bringing them a bag. I need to be preparing. I need to be getting ready for my breakthrough. I need to be getting ready. And God is saying, No, are you faithful in the little? Be faithful in the little. He's saying, Be faithful in the little. Someone say it. Be faithful. Say it again. Be faithful. Say it one more time. Faithful. God is saying, Are you willing to be faithful? In the little that 's a good song right there isn 't it, right there? Be faithful in the little let 's go Angie, be faithful in the little, come on, be faithful in the little someone say, be faithful anthony i 'm going to play for you right now. I'm just <laughs> be faithful in the little, and you might be like, like like why do I you know they tell me to do these things and, and i, and I don 't do want to do them I want like i 'm waiting for the promise to unfold, I'm waiting for the calling to manifest and God is saying, yeah, I'm waiting for you to unpack it. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to unpack it. But oftentimes you look at the packaging and you don't give it your attention when God is looking for you to unpack the greatness With your obedience to the little things. And you might be wondering, man, what is it that, what what can I start being faithful in the little? What if God was saying to you today, hey, what if you took one chapter a day of the Bible and read it? Be faithful in the little. What, what 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 if you being faithful in the little was you being kind and polite to someone? Be faithful. In the little, you're like, "Well, I gotta be, you know, what I got to be nice for? I don't got to be nice. Well what, what if what if you being nice is what's going to connect you to the person that God is trying to link you up with, that is going to open a door for you strategically, that He's placed in your life, and instead of you being rude, God is saying, "Hey, be faithful in the little, Because you being faithful in the little will open up the door that I'm trying to get you in. Be faithful. What if it was honoring your parents. What if it was giving? What if it was saying, God, I'm gonna be faithful in the little, I'm gonna to begin to tithe. What if, what if, watch this? What if it's completing growth track? Be faithful in the little. God wants you to be faithful in what seems insignificant. And you're, like, and you're like, you know, I'll do, I'll do growth track, I'll do it when it comes, I'll do it soon enough, and God is saying, be faithful. And what if being faithful in the little was coming to church consistently? Be faithful in the little, come on, be faithful. I ain't getting no help, be faithful. What if it was showing up to church five minutes before it started? Be faithful in the little. Come on, be faithful. I ain't even looking at y'all. I ain't even making eye contact. I'm not making no eye contact. I'm looking at the sky. Be faithful in the little. Come on. So Are you willing to be faithful in the little things? You know, I don't know where you are in life today, but maybe you are in a place where you feel stuck. And you feel like your season there is done. And God is saying, yeah, but I'm still waiting for you to be faithful in the little and treat it like it's something significant. You're like, no, no, this is just a season. And God is saying, yeah, but I'm looking for you to be faithful in your season. Be faithful in the little. The second thing I think God wants to ask you today is this. Are you willing to use what God has placed in your hands Instead of looking at what others have in theirs. Are you willing to use what God has placed in your hands instead of looking at what others have in in theirs? See, because oftentimes God doesn't disqualify you. And as we know, in the last four weeks, we've learned that we don't serve a God that disqualifies us. But oftentimes we disqualify what he's placed in our hands. In the context of our narrative, I want to make you aware that when God calls you, you can accomplish what he's called you to do with a slingshot. See, if you know the story of David, the Bible says that in that moment where he comes to bring his brothers some sandwiches, it was in that moment that he was placed in an opportunity to respond to a giant that was cussing out his people. See, he was never meant to be there. But God had other plans. But in that moment where he responded to the the giant Goliath, Goliath is like, yo, you and your mama. And you know when someone talks about your mama. You know what I mean? Like Goliath is like just spewing venom at the people of Israel. He's like, you dogs. He's like, where is your God? And he's like, whoop. Yo, your mama, what? Listen, you uncircumcised. I will, yo, you lucky. You lucky. I was just playing the harp. I just came out of worship. Like, you lucky. Right? Like, you ever had that moment? Like, and he responds, he responds to this giant and, and he's getting ready, and he's like, Saul, come get your boy, Saul, because I'm, I'm going to get at him. Like, you ever seen the little the little chihuahua trying to get at the pit bull? Like, oh, pobrecito, pobrecito. And Saul is like, pobrecito. Saul's like, hey, listen, bro, he's nine foot tall. He's killed a thousand men. You can't rock with this. He's like, nah, man, I got. I know how to fight, bro. I know how to fight. And I'm like, nah, you a chihuahua compared to homie. Like, you better back down. That's a pit bull. That's a rottweiler. And you a little chihuahua. And, 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 and you know, David, David was like, you know, he was brave. And David's like, yo listen I could beat that giant I could beat that giant he's like and he's trying to tell Saul how he's qualified he's like listen man one time a bear came at me but he couldn't bear my power Bars. he's like one time a lion came at me now he's lying six feet deep Bars. I worked hard on that one. That one took me a little bit, but I worked. And then he went on English. He says, and now Goliath is gonna go lieth down. Come on. I mean, he got he got bar. I don't know if you're laughing at me or laughing with me, but I'm appreciated. Of all he spits bars to the king and the king is finally convinced and he's persuaded. And I love this interaction. It's picked up in verse 37. It says, and David said, the Lord who saved me from the foot of the lion, from the foot of the bear, will save me from the hand of the Philistine. So See, David was faithful in the litter. Many, in the little, not in the litter, but in the, even though he was a litter. Uh, anyway, he was faithful in the little. See, many times we want to overcome our giant, and God is saying, but have you overcome your bear and your lion? He said, he saved me from the hand of the bear. And he will save me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, go. Finally convinced. This is after a long conversation. He says, and and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David with his clothes. And he put on brass head covering his head and dressed him with heavy battle clothes. Verse 39, David put on... His sword over his heavy battle clothes and tried to walk, for he was not used to them. Then David said to Saul, I can't go with these, for I am not used to them. Then David said to Saul, oh, I'm sorry, Then in verse 40 he says, And he took a stick in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the river, and he put them in his shepherd's bag and watch this his sling was in his hand and he went to the Philistine you see David understood that Saul's armor though it was used previously by Saul to win many battles it didn't fit what God was trying to do with what God has placed in David's hand And oftentimes what begins to happen as we get called by God is that we begin to see other people who are called by God and seem like they've been successful with A, B, and C. Therefore, I need A, B, and C to do and accomplish all that they've accomplished. But God is saying something to you today that God wants to use something unique to you so that he can get the glory out of your life and you're still looking at what God has placed in other people's hands you're still scrolling through your Instagram and saying well I don't have this I don't have the sword I don't have the shield and God is saying but what have I placed in your hand and God is saying to you today listen you can win the battle with a slingshot you can accomplish what I've called you to do with what I've placed in your hands what has God placed in your hands Because David didn't have a sword, but he had a slingshot. Moses, he didn't have good speech, but he had a rod. Joseph didn't have an education, but he had a dream. Sansom didn't have an army, but he had a jawbone of a donkey. And Bartimaeus didn't have sight and he couldn't see. But guess what Bartimaeus had? He had a shout. And let me tell you something, if you're a believer in Jesus, you may think that you don't have enough. You may think that what you have in your hand is significant, but what God has placed on the inside of you is a shout. And if you have a voice, God is saying listen, you can shout, you can praise. You may not have the proper things, you may not have the potential but God says do you have a praise because when you be- oh come on somebody, when you begin to praise, when you begin to shout God says that's the great equalizer and you can accomplish what I've called you to do See, I think sometimes my concern is that we can look at everybody else and easily disqualify what God has placed in our hands and, and, and what happens with that kind of mentality is that You start seeing homie with a sword and homie with a spear. And you start seeing the soldiers that this is what they use to overcome their battles. And this is what they use to win. And then you start looking at your slingshot and saying, this is all I got? And God is saying, my brother, that's all you need. That is all you need. As a matter of fact, David picked up five rocks and he only needed one. And so many times we are waiting for what we think we need. When God is saying, I've already placed it in your hands, look at what I've placed in your hands. And I'm gonna show you with what I've placed in your hands, you can conquer the world with. You can be a history maker. You can be a world changer. You can be the head and not the tail. Look at what I've placed in your hands. And so, this is sometimes when we get caught up in the mentality of the world, well, I need to network and I need to get the right people in front of me and I need to do this. No, what you need to do is be faithful with the little and look at. Let God use what he's placed in your hands. The last thing I want to share with you today is, are you willing to believe that God loves you and still wants to use you even when you failed epically? As the worship team comes up, are you willing to believe God loves you and still wants to use you even when you have failed epically? Have you ever had a moment where you knew to do better? And you knew that if you did the opposite of what you knew was good, it would land you in a very difficult place. Have you ever had a gut instinct and you went against it? Have you ever knew, have you ever saw the red flags coming from a mile away but deliberately chose to ignore them? oh man, when you look at David I love that verse that it says from this moment on the Holy Spirit was upon him because it it showed me that even when he failed, the Holy Spirit was still upon him see the Bible says this story about David that you know it, that he defeats Goliath he defeats Goliath, he cuts his head he defeats the giant that's in front of him And people started saying, Saul slays his thousand and David slays his 10,000. Long story short, there's a a back and forth with Saul and David. Saul gets jealous of David's prominence. Finally, Saul dies in battle and David gets elevated to be the king of Israel. He's finally there, y'all. He's at the place that started in a backyard of his house. He was anointed and appointed to be king. And then he went through his process and he's finally on the throne as the king of Israel. The Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. And the Bible says that one day when the kings were in battle... David is walking on the roof, and he's... The Bible says that he gets distracted. Ooh! David had an epic failure. I mean, let me tell you. Like, I've looked at the people that have failed. But usually, they failed before God called them. Like, when I look at Moses, and he murdered the Israelite... That was before he became Moses, you know what I mean? David is already David. David is already king. David already knows better. David already experienced God's favor. David already experienced God's love. David already has a a thousand wives lined up for him, but he walks on the rooftop of his kingdom, and he said, oh, whoo. He sees a woman naked through a window taking a bath and you know you know like you're good at the first look like you know like oh but it's that second look that gets you in. all the men are quiet right now in the house they're just like you can't be telling all secrets it's that second that I'm a king I'm a king I got my wife right here I got my wife right here, but shorty over there, no, 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 I got, see, he forgot that what God has given him was enough, and let me tell you, every time you, every time you minimize what God has placed in your hands, you'll always find yourself being jealous of what God has placed in others, and the Bible says that, he's like, hey, man, I I need you to go, I need you to go. (laughs) on the low, I need you to go get me her, tell her I want to see her, and here's what the Bible says long story short, hear me out, long story short, lean in, lean in, watch the Bible says that he persuades her to sleep with him and she then commits adultery with this woman check this out, this is so juicy this is like this is like gossip TMZ all day the Bible says that he gets a pregnant. I know. You want you want to never know even want to know what's worse? She was the wife to one of his closest soldiers. You want to know what's even worse? he tries to cover it up you want to know how by calling his man and saying hey listen I want you to sleep with your wife you know what his man said he says I, I'm not gonna sleep with my wife when my men are in battlefield and killing themselves and I'm over here having sex with my wife that's what he told him so he had a second plan and you know what he did He sends this man to the front line and tells the soldiers to pull back when they're in the thick of the battle so that he can be killed in battle and that he can obtain his wife. That's how he covered it up. Talk about an epic fail. But what if I told you that God's hand was still on him? I want to ask you, are you willing to believe that God loves you? still wants to use you even when you have failed epically. You know in a moment of repentance the Bible says that David turns back. Am I able to come down live stream? Woo! Let's go. Trying to stand by the lights. The Bible says that David in a moment of repentance Comes back to God and he says, Lord, don't take away your spirit from me. Now that's David's own persuasion. The Bible never says that the spirit of God departed from David. It was his own self condemnation that made him believe that the spirit wasn't with him. Listen, I don't know who I'm speaking to today. Maybe you feel Like the spirit has left you. Maybe you feel like David that you've committed an epic failure. Maybe you feel like you were good but somehow you've messed it up. God wants to say to you, my spirit has not left you. I still love you and I still want to use you. Are you willing to believe me when I tell you that even when you fail, even when you make a mistake I love you as much as before you've ever made the mistake. I love you like when you were playing the harp. I love you like you were tending the sheep, even while you were sleeping with Bathsheba, I was with you. You know, David, I'm going to tell you right now, I thought it is ludicrous for God to continue to use him, even after he failed. I'm not saying he didn't have to deal with consequences, because the truth is that, that your sin doesn't stop God from loving you, but your sin will hurt you because of its consequences. I'm not saying David didn't have his consequences, but God's love did not stop or cease from loving him. Now watch this. David writes something. David writes something that is quoted in the New Testament. And it's found in Romans. Can we put it up? Watch this, watch this. Oh, oh, what joy oh what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven whose sins are put out of sight the greatest theologian on the grace of god which was the apostle saul quotes david seeing something from a distance and says oh my god what a joy it will be For those whose disobedience is not counted against them. Here's the reality that David didn't have that we have today that God absolutely loves you because in the midst of your failure, what God sees is not your failure, He sees the crucifixion of His Son that allows us to say this oh, oh, the joy of those whose disobedience are not counted against them. Oh, the thrill, oh, the joy. All the excitement of those who can just place their faith in Jesus, who they don't have to sacrifice, who they don't have to sacrifice any animals, but there's been one sacrifice that has been crucified on the cross. That's it. Oh, I got four. Mainly, I got four minutes. Four more minutes. I'm going to use her. Take your time. Ephesians, Ephesians. Watch this. Look what the Holy Spirit showed me watch this. Anthony, watch this. I never saw this before. I've read these two verses over and over and never saw it. Melina, I sent you this text. I never finished it. This is it right here. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together. Look at that word Power together with all the saints, the holy people, to grasp, watch this, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is, the love of Christ is. And to know that his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled, watch this, look at this word, to the measure, to the measure of all the fullness. So that's all about God's love. Did you see that? You see that, May? That's all about God's love. Those are great verses. But the thing is that oftentimes we say it as if they're disconnected. Watch this. How many heard this verse? To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Wait, what? To him who is able to do what? Immeasurably more than what you could ever ask for or imagine, watch this, according to the power that is working in you. But, can we put the next slide? And I broke it down like this. Look, verse 18 talks about God's love. Verse 20 talks about God's work in your life. Verse 18 talks about power to grasp God's love. But verse 20 talks about power that is at work in you. Verse 18 talks about measurements of God's love, how wide, how long, how high, how deep. But then verse 20 about your purpose and what God wants to do in your life says it's immeasurable. Did you? And maybe you're like, you hear verses like, God can do exceedingly, immeasurably more than what you can ever ask for or think. And maybe you're struggling believing that. Like... God can do, yeah, I guess. And I've seen so many saints struggle with believing that God can do immeasurably more than what could have. And the Holy Spirit told me this that's because they've never heard verse 18. Because the only way they can believe that I can do exceedingly, abundantly, all that they can ever ask for or think is when they have the power of my love working in them and they can see how high, how wide how long God's love is. He says try to measure my love and you won't be able to but when you get that revelation that you can't measure my love, that my love for you is pure, that my love for you is inexhaustible, then you'll be able to believe uh, that he can do immeasurably more than what you can ever ask for or think is anybody in this place that says I believe That God can do through my life. I believe He can do immeasurably. I believe He can do exceedingly. I believe that He can do beyond what we can ask for or think if you believe that in this place, give God a Come on, shout it out. every eye closed, every head bowed. I believe the Holy Spirit spoke here today. And I believe after the last five weeks, and if you haven't gotten all the messages, please go on on demand, go YouTube and watch it on demand. God wants to use you. And after these five weeks, if you're not convinced of that yet, man, we need to internalize this even more. That Jesus Christ died, forgave us of our sins. That's the gospel. The Bible says that Jesus Christ took on human flesh, became humanity so that humanity could become the image of Christ. He took on our sin. He lived the life that we could not live. He died a death that we should have died. But he didn't do it just to save us from something. He saved us for something. And it starts with being made like Christ. And in that, he can use you to change his world for for his glory. So my prayer is today that you leave this place not just inspired, but you leave this place compelled to walk in your purpose. You don't walk out of here like, woo, that was great. No, no. You walk out of here and say, give me the little thing because God has called me to be faithful in the little thing. Lord, use whatever's in my hand. And Lord, I know that I'm going to fail. I know that I'm going to mess up. I know that tonight I might even be looking at things that I shouldn't look at. And they might hurt me. But I know you still love me. And you still want to use me in spite of that. And I know that one day that giant will fall as well. If you want to get started on this journey with Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Lord, thank you for your love. I receive your love, therefore I give you my life. I receive your forgiveness of sins. I believe you are Lord of my life. That you died on the cross and resurrected on the third day. From this day forth, God, I am a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus in this house. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message, and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.